Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. You're tuned to 3CR. Welcome to the Spoken Word Program. My name is Carmen Main, and today my guest is Daniel Hutley. Hello. Thank you so much for being here, Danny. Thank you. Um, by way of introduction, I would love to read Daniel's bio. Daniel Hutley is from Essex in the UK and has been a regular on Melbourne's open mics for the last two years. His poetry explores distance and fragmenting relationships. He came second place in the June Shenfield Poetry Award and in the John Shaw Nielsen Poetry Award. This year, he's had short stories published in the Gargui magazine and in the Visible Ink Anthology. Thank you so much for being here, Danny. Pleasure. Um, I understand you have a selection of poetry to read for us today. Um, I do. Shall we dive straight in? What would you like to read first? So the first I'd like to read is um, a poem from two years ago. Mm -hmm. It's called Tumbleweed. I am away now. I have been detached. Ten hours east and slowing, slowing, stopped by the spin of the earth. I am away from the geezers of half-fire, far from the closest gust, and I am tired. I am afraid that I have been dozy, thirty years of knowing, not knowing, never the noticing one. I am afraid of wrinkles from half-smiles, same as my Uncle Russ, when I am tired. I am amazed that I can feel cheery. Keep group highs going and going when ghosts of our grown-ups are fucked. I am amazed, Russ, 47 and half-cut, slept by the river, dead, when he was tired. I am afraid now I have left London Used up my easy gan, easy gan, East End or Essex good heart. I'm afraid that my kind are half gone. Never can tell the rest when I am tired. I am away now. I've been tumbling. Slept riverside, flowing, flowing, afraid to foster my own I am away. I am half rain and half fire. I am half rain and half fire. Let's have it large, brother. But pass the blaze, mate. Russ, pass the blaze, mate. Wow. Okay, so I know radio is an auditory medium. I wish, I wish you could have seen what I just saw. Daniel just <laughs> came to life. It's, yeah... Thank you for sharing Tumbleweed with us. Thank you for listening. How did that come to you as a piece? It actually, it's, it's, um, I, I'm quite into formal structure. This is a piece before I started writing um, with ten syllables and the, in the iambic kind of stuff. Um, but it's still very constrained. Mm. The syllables are all, um, all, all like re repetitive 
Mm-hmm. Um, the words, instead of using free words, I always use one if I can. Mm-hmm. And unusually, when that happens, I feel that more of the subconscious comes out for me. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen for every poet, but for me, I'm forced to pick a word that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And th- in this case, I actually, I was looking up the Wikipedia piece for Tumbleweed. <laughs> And the first two sentences are very poetic. They're not in here, but they have the same rhythm as this poem. Wow, okay. So I just carried on from the Wikipedia entrance. Um, and it became not about tumbleweed, but about detachment and distance and my Uncle Russ. Mm, yeah, family is uh, something, I guess, is a, a running theme in your work. Yeah. Um, would you like to share your next poem with us? I will, yeah. Um, so this came later, um, and again, I feel it's kind of trying to express a tenderness, but through constraining the poem. Mm. So this is called Gentle Lives. Your letter came, Irene. It rose up through the fawning patch and flowered Robert's grave. I know you spoke proud. I saw the name of your son. I ache when careful words come, Irene. Your husband's here, Irene. When wardens cleared the tulips off, you drove a bramble deep. You sing to him still. You held for twenty-five years. You found the strength to wait here, Irene. Your colour left, Irene. I crawled beneath the airing shelf, and wanting to be found, I whispered your name. I hide behind a Daniel. I crush when gentle lives leave, Irene. Thank you so much for that piece, Gentle Lives. Mm. What? Where did that one come from? Um, I wanted to write a piece that was sentimental. Um, I didn't want to be afraid of being sentimental and writing almost as if I was the four-year-old child I'm imagining her. So I have a step-nan or the woman my granddad remarried. I don't know what they would be called, but she was a nan to me. Uh, She died kind of close to when this poem was written. I didn't write the poem immediately, but then a letter arrived with... um, a very, very small amount of money um, from her, like a cheque for, I think it was maybe £50 or something, and a letter from her son. And that triggered the poem in some way. Um, I was reflecting on the gentle life that she led Mm. um, and how kind of inspired and touched by that I was. Sentimentality has to be processed in Mm. poetry. Um, I was talking to Waffle Iron Girl to name drop. And uh, we don't mind a name drop. Here. Yeah, that's fine. A promotion. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a side sidestep. Waffle Iron mm. Girl, she's amazing. Her new album is out. Oh, is it? No, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was talking to her, and we were talking about the difference between using uh, poetry spaces as therapy, um, which is okay. And people do that, and people search for a community by stepping onto the stage and being vulnerable. Mm. Um, but I also I also think that poetry spaces aren't necessarily safe spaces. It's a lot of strangers. Absolutely. And and so I prefer poetry that is vulnerable 
and sentimental, but it's processed. Mm. There's very clear word choices, and it's it's you're choosing what someone can see. Absolutely, mm. and in editing and uh, thinking about your work when you do choose to express an emotion mm. uh, a, a good friend of mine once said that poetry is the clearest expression of a thought or mm. idea or feeling and you've done so much work to help the reader by shining a light on how that feels for you by yes. being careful yeah. around your word choices um, yeah, that's a it's an amazing skill. But but for me and a lot of people, it comes through the editing. It's not a natural. It doesn't flow in conversation. That kind of mm. showing someone that vulnerability or, or or trying to get to that truth, especially when when you're writing and you have a word, that word has to mean all the meanings of that word, right? Yes. Um, and only poetry can do that. I think mm, absolutely. So. Um, when we were speaking earlier, you mentioned the next poem mm. is linked to the last poem. It is. It, it came maybe a year later. Um, so the first poem mentioned Robert's grave. That's the grandfather, Robert. Um, and this poem, this is a sonnet. This is the first sonnet I wrote. Um, and, and what happened was um, last year after I got engaged... Um, my dad digitized all the old videos. Uh, my granddad died when I was four. And so I have a very clear feeling of him, but no visual image of him. And all of the video cameras, all of the video footage that came back was him behind the camera. So I still had no video, visual feeling of him. And then at one stage, he stepped in front of the camera um, and I started crying. Um, mm. And it was just that kind of shock of being taken back to four years old, I think. Yeah, absolutely. When so much of the subconscious is, like, developing. <laughs> mm. um, and the poet, poem came out almost, like, in one night, uh, but then needed a lot of editing to make it a sonnet. Um, yeah, so that's where it came from. Beautiful. May I ask what this poem is called? This is called November Sonnet. Um, it was written in November, <laughs> um, but I'm sure it means something else as well. November Sonnet The child is me, the lens my granddad's eye That shining face, a spectre on the screen Dead near thirty years, I hadn't seen His figure filled with voice, his second try And what is there of him that's passed to me? His features twice removed, my middle name Now I am viewer, he steps in the frame and shutters through the still of memory. But just two nervous seconds to the door, then lost in the exposure of the sun, the silence stirs an innocence inside. He died at fifty-nine, and I was four. His care a reparation to his son, and mine a child's grief, a clouded sky. A child's grief, a clouded sky. Wow. That's it. That's it. That is it. That's it. And it's it rhymes. It does. <laughs> I have to confess I'm not very good with form in mm. poetry. It's not my strength. And it's something that I greatly admire in your work because to me it's such 
there's beauty in the discipline and you don't see the strings, you don't see the work. I mean, this is the trick. Um, I never used to rhyme or even stick to um, a rhythm. And it's so, it's kind of easy to find a rhyme, but not one that feels natural, Mm. right? Um, I think Robert Frost used to say, like, when he was looking at poems that were submitted, um, if he knows what, which line was the second one written, because the rhyme is less than the first one, right? Less good word, then it's a bad poem. Yeah. Whereas if you can't see the strings, that's it. I don't think I get there with this. Uh, it's the first sonnet I've written, but that's what I'm always aiming for. The It needs to feel natural and also rhyme. It's like adding more and more rules as I write. <laughs> Are you a perfectionist, Danny? Yeah, you, can you tell? Um, <laughs> oh, I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just asking. In poetry, yes. In mm. life, not really at all. Mm. Um, I try hard and I work hard, mm. um, but I'm more relaxed in life than I am in poetry. In poetry, like the only way I know how to write is to put as many rules as I can and figure my way out of that. So it's a craft craftsman's ethic almost in yeah. that you're perfecting and rehashing not mm. rehashing sorry that's a bit not quite what I mean just going back and going back and going back and not being afraid to keep trying until it. it meets what you want it to say that's it yeah um but but those rules can't just be um formal words they have to be those rules include the fact that they have to express feeling they have to seem true, hmm. etc. So it, it's, a, it's a craft, but you have to have those personal conversational rules in there as well for me. Of course. Mm. Yeah. No, it's beautifully done. Thank you. Um, now for a change of pace. Yes. Um, <laughs> the Spoken Word program, we like to break it up, not just all words, because words are wonderful, but sometimes the ear needs a song. And today you've brought along a song that many listeners will know. Um, and I'm kind of wondering where's the connection to Dexie's Midnight Runners? Yeah, I chose Come On Eileen. <laughs> um, it's such it's a surprise even to be thinking of listening to it now because <laughs> it's such a contrast to the poetry I've just re- uh, read. Yeah, look, people have uh, many different facets mm. and it's okay to be light, dark, shade, mm. changing, happy, sad, whatever. And yeah. it's the morning, so why not listen to Come On <laughs> Eileen? This one is a um, – in the UK it's used as a wedding song. Mm. And I am about to get married in two weeks. Congratulations. So this is Preemptive the, congratulations. Thank you. This is the only song I requested. It's um, every family wedding I've been to, this is played at the end of the night. Excellent. Well, we'll play it in the middle of our show. Mm.
Tune to the Spoken Word program on 3CR. My name's Carmen and our guest today is Daniel Hutley. Hello. And he picked that wonderful song we just heard, Come On Eileen. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've all heard it before, Dexie's Midnight Runners. Danny's got a few more poems to share with us today. Um, our next poem, I believe, is titled Dust. That's right. Aged to Brunswick East and under covers, where bed foam fixes distance between lovers, I dreamt that once your twitching muscles calmed, your body rose, snapped up in a breeze, so sudden then the turning to disease. I found beside your ear a place to kneel, as if the bowing of my spine could heal. Nightmares, still as sharp with ten years' age, of airbag vapour bursting in our eyes, tearing Double blankets down to size. England, I know, you wasted on standby. I missed your sister's cancer. Whilst I, too drunk and keen to tell a face from flair, fell flushed to the curb, stared out at the night, caught you across the sky on summer's flight. It's been a decade, dear, and the panic rides I wake you to say that I have dusted above the shower head. Our skin cells swim so far. I dreamt that you were leaving, wrapped in winter blanket above the Thames. Simply stunning. Just gorgeous. Thank you. I believe we'll jump straight into our next poem. Mm. May I ask what's that one called? It's called Court Pale. When I am home, hold the green nineteen, in the tracing of its lines, a ring. In this, a promise that I won't rush past you, align ourselves aside the family grain, risen, sacred, but easy on the steps. This fullness abroad, dark beneath the sky train, sat watching the truthful weighing of eggs, as if it is strangers determine the scale. A smile might pass the boundary self for a while, but heavily returned. The noodles and I break the humid hour, caught at a stare, another back could be the second that a lifetime doubles. In the pauses between phones, a dreaming in the brief, But instant is the wake to Barclay now. On the fringes of measure, these metals will outlast our sense of skin. Our lives are a rupture, so I will pause, 
To sing to you in the sun glow grateful, to be caught pale in your reach for a while. They are both beautiful, beautiful poems. Thank you. No, thank you. I um I feel like I'm repeating myself about how much I like them. So mm. I guess I picked you as the guest for a very good, good <laughs> reason. Um, sure. Selfishly wanting to share you with the world. Mm. Um, thank you again, mostly because I feel that both of those pieces are so deeply personal. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that you're so... Uh, sharing with mm. us um, how how does that sit with you and how do you feel about sharing things that are obviously important in sure. poetry that line between art and and the person and honesty how does how does all that sit I know that's a big question <laughs> it's, it's strange I, I I I feel like my poems are very vulnerable and open and I think I'm an open person uh emotionally um but but in the last these poems are from a year or so ago these ones in particular from around when uh i got over myself and proposed to Mm. my partner (laughs) i actually finally kind of did it after 10 years and um so much weight lifted off of me yeah um and sometimes we just don't realize we are standing in our own way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it it takes a, a bit of a, for, for one of a not cliche because you're so careful with your words, but mm. here we go, a leap of faith mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. to to really step into who we are. Yeah. And and I feel that lightness in both of those poems as, as well as, you know, the journey to get to that place. Yeah. Mm. It, yeah, it can't just be lightness, right? Because that's no. not the truth. No, exactly. Um, There's an anchor there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but I, I over the last year... I've actually been trying to move away from the I in poems, mm. um, which is unusual because nearly <laughs> all of my poems are about the I um, and are about the the personal character within the poems. And I've been trying to move away from that in a way. Um, and it's not because I don't like it or I don't think it's important. Um, I've just been trying to see what develops when when I don't include the I as the central character. Another beautiful rule for yourself. Mm, yeah, mm. let's see. Um, and see what happens with that. Yeah, and I might well go back to the personal vulnerability side of poetry, mm. um, which is a huge thing at the moment with spoken word. It's, Absolutely, um, yeah. I really think it's um, something that's massive in the community. Mm. Yeah. And, and I love it and it's important, um, but there's more. There, yeah. There's so much more um, when I read back on some of the poets I love. Mm. Um, there's so much more there that I want to explore. Wonderful. Well, we have one last poem. Sure. I, I picked one that actually is unfinished mm. and is I'm still working on it, you know, and it, I had an instinct to finish with something unfinished. Yeah. I don't know what that instinct was, but it's here. So this is called The Long Day. The Long Day is here. And we will lounge to track the threads of sunlight across the grass. They weigh on childless swings and vacant slides. A strain to watch the bronze arcade alone past bedtime. Maybe we have dozed before, like this. But to study our children's speed. Attracted to the elevated edges, climbing trees and council pyramids. That nervous bark 
like rolls of steel, titanic, set, suspended. With their feet upon the frame, a navy hollow span put out the day. Was it us, there, pretending not to watch, their rise into the separation? That scene on top, tiptoed and stretching, the saw amongst the tower blocks and jets. With radiating spokes bearing their height, they were taller than their parents by a mile for a while. Do you remember then how they sailed out in a desperate glass to a doubled blue and ruby-lit wild? How the brazen dyes would lose their luster, a wash of sky would fold in on the breeze for winter's shy. The long day ends the dream. We never knew that time would slow with age, that the forever frost of youth would stall at the first slip of the accelerator. Of course a crash would dent our self-esteem, our confidence in metal. In its place, young trees grow. The sunlight swells the day length. We'll lie beneath the pillows on the couch and let the heat depreciate our skin. We are not so different from our fathers. Broken leaves might fix themselves come June, but it will take the rest of us to reach them. All this rearranging of the skyline, the passing of temper in seasons, branches turned to ships, we should not scorn it. But there's a time to climb, and a long day to settle ourselves in the summer, to dream of simpler voices in the sun, to sleep before the easy days are done. Wow. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. So out there in Radio Land, listening to 3CR, our guest today has been Daniel Hartley. Yeah, thank you. He's, he's a lovely, lovely, lovely gentleman. Um, where can we find more of your work, Danny? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh. not, not many places. I have a website, which is danielhutley.tumblr.com, mm-hmm. which collects together photos and videos and things like that. Uh, so maybe there. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks Um, for having me. To find out more about spoken word events in Melbourne, have a look at melbournespokenword.com. You've been listening to Spoken Word on 3CR. Spoken Word airs every Thursday from 9 to 9.30am here on 3CR. You can find us on 855 on your AM dial, stream us online on 3cr.org.au or tune in to our weekly podcast.